Hello, thank you for joining us today. This is Dwayne McCurry. I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible, and today I'm being joined by Mike Livingston. Mike, thanks for being with us today. Well, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Uh, today we're looking at <clears throat> session four of our study of Romans in Adult Explore the Bible. Uh, we've spent the past two weeks looking at our sin and our inability to keep the law and our need for the sa- a Savior. Paul changes to uh, this tone a little bit and begins to look at what happens as a result of our faith in Christ. He's been talking about our need for that, and now he's going to begin focusing on uh, our acceptance of Christ. In chapter 3, uh, verses 21 through 24, we see Paul declaring that righteousness before God comes through faith in Jesus and in him alone. Uh, this righteousness is required because we are not capable of living a perfect life, which is what's been his point in chapter 2 and the first part of chapter 3. God's righteousness is freely given to anyone who places faith in Jesus. In verses 25 and 26, Paul then reminds us that Jesus paid for the sins of humanity through his sacrificial death. As a result, God forgives the sins of those who believe based on Jesus' righteousness. So really the outline points here are that we are justified through faith and then we're justified in Jesus. Then in verses 27 through 31, we find out that this justification is for all people. Paul explained that since salvation is available to all people, there's no place for self-righteous boasting. None of us earned it or deserve it. Uh, We are granted it because of what Christ did on the cross. In chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, Paul then gives attention to Abraham. He's going to quote from Genesis 15, verse 6, and he points to Abraham to illustrate that God's righteousness has always been secured through faith. That it is not multiple paths. It's always been about faith. Mike, we have all these images in this particular uh, part of this passage. Um, a lot of Old Testament images, uh, things about being passed over, those type of things. How can we help our groups grasp the in- imagery that's used here by Paul? Well, um, context, first of all, so starting in in, uh, chapter 3, verse 21, um, going all through the end of chapter 4, really, the the message of Paul is that the gospel alone is the answer to humanity's sin problem. He says that all have sinned and that all are saved in the same way by faith alone. That's, That's the context, the big picture what he's saying. Now, you look at verse 25, um, the first part of verse 25 says a couple of things there in that verse, that Jesus' death on the cross was the means by which God would forgive sins. It's through our faith in him. And also that Jesus' death on the cross demonstrated God's righteousness or, or God's justice. And then in the next part of verse 25, that's where Paul says um, what we, we might trip over if we're not careful, that in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. So that's, that's what we want to look at here and, and talk about for a second, that these sins previously committed that God passed over, what, what is that? Well, he's talking here about the time, you know, times before the cross. He's talking about the Old Testament before Jesus came, before Jesus died for our sins. So what, hap- what happened to people who lived before Christ came and died for sin? If God condemned them uh, for their sin, was he being unfair? Um, and so I think that's maybe the question in the background here. And Paul says in verse 25 that in God's restraint, he allowed those sins, those sins committed before Christ, to go unpunished. 
or you might even say he, that God did not pour out his full wrath on sin, or he didn't punish sins with the full severity that he should have until the cross. And yes, there was a, a system of sacrifice in Old Testament times. God in his grace and his mercy designed this Old Testament sacrificial system as a temporary restraint on his full judgment of sin. And there are some commentators who, who, who say that the Old Testament system of sacrifice, uh, sacrifices were, they were symbolic, a symbolic atonement, that the Old Testament sacrificial system anticipated the once and for all sacrifice for sin that would take place on the cross. So they pointed to Christ. They pointed, yeah, to him and, and anticipated the cross. So Jesus' death on the cross uh, paid the price for the sins of all people, those before his time, before the cross, and, and those after. So God's holy wrath against sin was fully appeased on the cross. The cross, what happened on the cross applies to sins committed before the cross and after the cross. So when, when Paul says that God in his restraint passed over the sins previously committed, he's saying that God was looking forward in anticipation to the time when Jesus' death would be effective for all who believed in him, those who came before Jesus and those who would come after Jesus. Obviously, in the Old Testament, we have the law. New Testament, we have faith in Christ. How can we explain to our group the relationship between the law and faith in Christ? Yeah, and, and Paul says in, in uh, Romans 3.31, we do not nullify the law through faith. Or, or do we? He asked the question, do we nullify the law? And then his answer was absolutely not. Mm -hmm. So we, we do not nullify the law. So he's saying he's not anti-law. Paul just wanted people to understand its purpose, the law's purpose. How does the law fit into uh, God's plan of salvation? So that's, that's the question. The law was never intended to be a means of earning a right standing with God. It's not that, that the law was plan A, well, that didn't pan out, so the gospel became, you know, that's plan B because plan A didn't work. It's, that wasn't, that's not the case. As, as Paul will point out uh, in this session, you know, we'll, we'll look into those first few verses of chapter 4. He talks about Abraham. Before the law was ever given, Abraham was saved by faith. Um, so the way of salvation has always been by faith faith. Yeah, we forget that Abraham existed prior to the law prior to the law being given. Yeah. So but Paul's not saying the law is unimportant. That's by no means. Uh, he, he's just saying it's impossible be, to be saved by the law. That was never the intent of the law. So here's the point. That the law shows us uh, it shows us the things that that break God's heart. It, it shows us how we've failed to live up to God's righteous standard. It, it, it forces us, the law forces us to the conclusion that our right standing with God must come as a gift of God's grace. Uh, in in verse, uh, 20, chapter 3, verse 20 here, uh, Paul says, no one will be justified in his sight by the works of the law because the knowledge of sin comes through the law. Martin Luther said something to that effect, that through the law, God opens man's eyes so that he sees his helplessness and by faith takes refuge in his mercy. And Luther goes on to say, the law was given in order that we might seek after grace. And so Paul says at the end of chapter 3, verse 31, 
we, we don't nullify the law. Instead, we uphold the law. Why do we uphold the law? Because the law removes any and, and, and every ground of boasting that we could possibly be saved by our good works. It, it causes us, it forces us uh, to seek after the grace of God. Yeah, how would we know? This is just a statement, it's not a question you'd answer, but you know, how would we even know that we needed a Savior if we didn't have the law to yeah. tell us and show us where we fall short? Right. Throughout this particular part of, the, of, of, of Romans, we see this idea of redemption. How can we help our group understand the idea of redemption? Are there any illustrations we might use that would help us here, Mike? Yeah, uh, we certainly have some key words and concepts in this passage, some big ideas like righteousness and justification and, and redemption. Uh, so redemption here is, was a term, uh, as you probably know, it was a, re a term of the slave market. Uh, redemption referred to the process whereby a slave's freedom was purchased or bought for a ransom price. There, there are historians who, who believe that the population of first century Rome was, was probably more than half slaves, some say. So, so the Gentiles in the church at Rome, they would understand this concept. It would be a part of their everyday life. That's just sense. a part of, of, of life for them. Uh, they, they understood the idea of redemption. Now for the Jews, Jews understood redemption from their own history, that God redeemed them out of slavery. Deuteronomy 9:26. You redeemed your people through your great uh, greatness and brought them out of Egypt with a strong hand. Uh, so both Jews and, and Gentiles perhaps would understand the same same concept, maybe in, from a different different perspectives. But Jesus applied this term uh, or this concept of redemption to his own life and ministry and, and death. He said he came to give his life a ransom for many. Mark 10:45. Ransom, redeemed, uh, those are related words in, in English and in Greek. So in terms of our, of our salvation, this word redemption, this idea of redemption, it refers to the price that Jesus paid on the cross to set us free from bondage to sin. And what we can't, uh, we can't overemphasize over enough the cost that Jesus, or the price that Jesus paid to secure our salvation, our, our redemption. I think it was Oswald Chambers who said the, the reason salvation is so easy to obtain for us is because it cost God so much. But now, just a word of, of warning, I think. Here's what you don't want to do as you teach this, um, this lesson, this idea of redemption or paying a ransom price. Here's, here's where you don't want to go. You, you don't want to get into the question, well, who was the ransom price paid to? I would just avoid that it's because it was not paid to Satan. I don't think we can say that God paid Satan this ransom price to release those that, that Satan holds and holds in slavery. And there were there were early church fathers who went down that road and said that. But I I think when you say that 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 the price was paid to Satan, first of all, you're going beyond what Scripture says. We don't want to do that. And secondly, if, if God had to pay some price to Satan, you're saying that Satan is in some way greater than God. And so that's where the metaphor breaks down. I mean, you don't even want to go there. Just say what the Bible says. Say what the New Testament says, that redemption is a picture of what Jesus did on the cross for us, that he paid the price for us to be set free from sin, from God's wrath, from the law, and from death. 
Um, so the whole idea of redemption is is really and saying it, something beyond that. Don't go, yeah. just conjecture. Yeah, don't go beyond what Scripture says. And and really, redemption is not unrelated just to the idea of forgiveness. I mean, we're talking about forgiveness. The the two ideas are, are connected. The guilt of sin enslaves us, and the forgiveness of sin frees us. It frees us. And Paul himself made the connection between redemption and forgiveness in Ephesians 1 7 in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses in Colossians 1 14 in him we have redemption the forgiveness of sins so the ideas of redemption and forgiveness just go hand in hand guilt is the baggage that weighs us down the cross was the price Jesus paid to set us free from the weight of our sin let me highlight a couple of things that are in the pack that may help you uh, teach this particular lesson they're really sets. First of all, let me point to pack item 5 and 13, which identify key words in Romans. Uh, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 different words that are identified uh, in that, on that pack item. The, the big pack, the big poster, just identifies the words, and then uh, item 13, which is a handout, has the words included on them, and a brief definition. And two of the words that are mentioned in this particular lesson are justification and righteousness. And there's definitions on that handout that will help the group understand those words. You might also point to the word atonement uh, when you're dealing with this idea of redemption because it deals with the idea that we are reconciled to God uh, as, an, uh, as a result of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. A second set of pack items that I want to point out to you is pack item uh, 3 and 11. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they're the same content, but they're, uh, one's a handout that you can use to carry with you. The other one is a big poster. They both identify the passages on what historically has been called the Romans Road. Verses in this uh, book of Romans that can be used to share the gospel with someone. And the very first one that's identified on the list is Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, which reminds us that all of us are separated from God because of our sin. And that's the first verse, first passage that's listed on the Romans road. So if you want to begin to introduce that this week by sharing that poster and that handout, uh, that's a great way for that conversation to begin. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Mike, thank you for being with us. Thanks. I enjoyed it. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you about this lesson, how God uses it to help your group understand about justification. If you have any comments that you'd like to share with us, please feel free to send them to me at my email, which is Dwayne, D-W-A-Y-N-E, McCrary, M-C-C-R-A-R-Y at Lifeway.com. That's Dwayne.McCrary at Lifeway.com. That'll go straight to my, my email, and I'll promise to respond to it. If I don't know the answer, I'll find the person who does. 